0: Welcome in, everyone, to episode 16 of the Huskies Howl. My name's Zach Linfield, and I've arrived. I'm in Duluth, and I'm happy to be here. The stadium's beautiful. I like the city so far. The dorms aren't bad, and I'm having a good time with the rest of the broadcasters, the rest of the interns. Mr. Culver's awesome. Mr. Rosenzweig is awesome. And it's the final player interview episode preseason due to the fact that, The Huskies just added another group of players. It's going to be almost impossible to get another 15 guys in before the season starts here next Monday. So opening day is fastly approaching, and we have Ambrin Wojtek and Cooper Trinkle on the episode, and I want to apologize first off to them because it's been a little while since I did their interviews, and then it got really busy with moving out to Duluth. So if you guys are listening, I'm sorry, my bad. But we're here. It was a long drive through the UP, about 12 hours, but my friend Brendan Riley, who had to drive all the way down from Miami, Florida, was 29, so I really shouldn't complain all that much. But I first off want to say congratulations to Ambron Voitik. He found out he's going to be a father here very soon. And also Cooper Trinkle, who was engaged, so lots of family stuff going on for those two, and it just happened to be the fact that they were paired in the same episode. So Let's get into it, guys. It's episode 16, and the last player interview episode before the season starts. Let's go. Ambron Voitik is on this one, and Northern Oklahoma Enid. I got it right this time. Enid.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: how, Ambrin, yep. how are you
1: doing, Doing good. Doing good. Just got done with the game today. Just hanging out now. Yeah, so how's the season going down there then? Because it is Juco
0: ball, so you guys are playing a full season.
1: Yep, yep. It's going good. So we, uh, we've uh made it through the whole year without any hiccups with the COVID, and it's all starting to get a little bit better, and we're in the conference tournament now. So so all ended up being being good.
0: And so I kind of want Huskies fans that are listening to this. Mm-hmm. So far, I think it, the stats that I've looked at from every player, I think you have the most impressive stats you've had a hundred almost 200 at bats 197 total you scored 66 runs plenty of doubles and I mean you've hit 16 home runs man you bet 416 what's with all the success this year what's going on
1: Uh, I think most of it I mean I've been sticking to the same approach and I've had the same swing for a while and it's all kind of coming together and Mm -hmm. just trying not to do too much just trying to stay simple and not not try to hit the home runs because when you try to hit the home runs, it usually doesn't happen, but uh, (laughs) they kind of just happen accidentally. So I think staying simple is probably the most important thing whenever I'm playing. And now on the, on the roster, it's a bit unofficial still,
0: and it has some Mm -hmm. numbers next to the names right now. It says you're number zero.
1: No, no. I'm number uh, six or on the, uh, the, the for the Huskies yeah oh yeah I'm not sure what my number is yet so
0: if officially that is zero how would you feel about that because not a lot of baseball players I've seen wear the number zero
1: if I'm number zero I'd be totally cool with it you don't you don't have any kind of like relation to number six I know a lot of players have like that one number they have to have yeah I've never really been that way I mean I wore I wore six my junior and senior year of high school and then I uh I wore it all in college, but, no, I don't have really an attachment to it. And I think being number zero would be pretty cool. A yes. little different.
0: A little bit different. I yeah. mean, you and I both were number six, our juniors. And juniors. I played football, though, so.
1: Oh, I got it. <laughs> it was a little I bit different. You. But yeah.
0: you and I talked a little bit before that you moved around quite a bit. So, let's kind of talk about uh-huh. your stops and, personally, what you learned from each. It doesn't even necessarily have to be about baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, moving around, it was – uh it was it, it. could get pretty hard. I mean, it was tough leaving friends and stuff, especially young. Whenever you're 10 years old, 8 years old, it can get tough. And it's kind of like what I've actually brought to college and stuff is it's kind of like moving colleges. So I went from high school to a junior college, and now I'm on my way to a four-year. So kind of has the same uh, idea as moving states. Just got to keep uh, – I mean, you meet new people, and that's the awesome part about it.
0: And I first want to say congratulations. I'm sure you have patience for committing to Grand Canyon University. And what are you looking forward to most now that you're going to GCU?
1: Uh, I just know that it's a really good program down there. I know that there's a lot of tradition down there, and I, they love to win down there, and that's what they strive for. And uh, I know they like JUCO guys, and they've had a few good JUCO guys in the past do really well. So I'm really excited to get down there and compete to win with them.
0: And how do you feel about being an antelope? It's kind of a weird name. One of the most unique ones yeah. probably in the country. How do you feel about
1: being an antelope? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I've never seen a mascot that's an antelope, but <laughs> I think it's got a good ring to it. Well, you're a jet right now. What were you in high school? Uh, Plainsman. An the Plainsman. Plainsman. Yeah. Is there any kind of backstory that you can give us on what a
0: Plainsman is?
1: Uh. I actually could not tell you. <laughs> they never really told us what it was. We have a we have a mascot that's like a Indian chief with the headdress and everything. So okay. I'm guessing something like that, but yeah, I'm a Jet now. It's pretty it's pretty funny because my middle name is actually Jet.
0: Oh, so it's a perfect fit then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you play third base and second base. And then yeah. where exactly do you
0: bat in the order, or at least where do you like to bat in the order?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't have, I mean, the last, last summer I hit anywhere from one to two and then seven to nine. So, I mean, I've hit everywhere, but during spring ball and season ball, I've hit one hole for the last five years. Okay. So, I mean, I don't have, I mean, I'd be fine hitting wherever. It's not like I have to hit lead off. But, I mean, I'm comfortable in that situation.
0: I think, to be honest, you might be the first guy that I've talked to that specializes in that leadoff spot then. So, Mm -hmm. from your point of view, it's kind of interesting to talk about. What's it like seeing an
1: arm for the first time? Because, I mean, you do have to set the pace for the rest of the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's better for me because I catch myself thinking sometimes when I see a guy three, four times. I start thinking a lot. So, I mean, you just get up there and you hit. It's not – you're not you thinking about anything. You haven't seen them before. And you just get up there and you see it and you hit it. <laughs> that, that's absolutely the mindset I think you yeah. should go
0: up there is see it and hit it. Spoken yep. truth from Amron Wojtek, everyone. But what would you say is the number one thing that you bring to a team?
1: Um, I think I'm a I'm a pretty good competitor. I don't try and get too uh, – too excited or too low so I'm I'm pretty uh pretty stable and I think that uh, I don't baseball wise I don't strike out a whole lot and I I try to put the ball in play as best as I can and so usually that ends up turning out well so I mean I just try to do whatever I can to help the team and if that's laying down a bunt or trying to hit a homer I mean I can try to do either
0: And there's obviously a lot that goes into being a JUCO player and then going to another D1 institution. What was the recruitment like to GCU? And what other schools were were all over you? Or was it kind of like your junior college coach had some kind of a connection to GCU that allowed you to go there? So talk about that for just a minute.
1: So GCU, I have a lot of family in Arizona. So I kind of knew who they were. But uh, I had a pretty good – year last year in the 20 games i I played all right and i had one really good series against a juco called des moines area college Mm -hmm. (DMAC), and uh that coach actually knew the assistant at gcu and sent him some film of me and uh he told him about me so i started talking to him in the summer and then i went and played summer ball and they got to see me a little bit and then Uh, It kind of seemed like a perfect fit, like it was exactly what I was looking for. and I didn't think I needed anything else, so I wouldn't have picked a better place to have committed or been talking to. And
0: now, obviously, there's a lot that goes into being a collegiate summer league baseball player, and you may have talked to some GCU coaches about something that you need to improve on before you get there in order to make an immediate impact. What's Mm -hmm. that one thing for you that you feel like you need to improve on that you could, you know, take some time in Duluth to work on?
1: Yeah. um, I think uh, always is just seeing better and better competition as you can. uh, Like, as you can see, there's no, uh, you don't want to just keep seeing the same competition. You always want to see better and better. And so uh, being in the Northwoods with Duluth and, the competition that's around there and all the players that are on that team, there's good competition everywhere. So it'll be good to see those pitchers and compete at that level. And physically, I think that maybe I could get a little bit faster, get a little bit stronger, get a bit a little bit bigger. So, I mean, all of those things I can work on whenever I go there.
0: And know you don't have a teammate going with you. A lot of the guys do. Have you been Mm -hmm. in contact with any of the guys going up there that you may feel comfortable around right off the bat?
1: Uh, No, no, I haven't really talked to anybody yet. I've kind of just been having – it kind of snuck up on me. I haven't realized that in eight days I'm going to be leaving here and heading down (laughs) there. But, I mean, I've kind of just been finishing the season up and haven't gotten to text any of those guys. I know that I'm uh, staying with – uh wimpy i think is his name okay texas guy yeah yeah i know i'm uh he's my we're staying in the same host family so i'll probably get to know him pretty well have you been able to talk to your host family yet yeah yep i talked to them on the phone about a week ago and they seem like really nice people and i'm excited to get down there and meet them so i'm assuming this is going to be your first time with the host family then uh, no, last summer I actually had a host family down in uh, Victoria, Texas. So I'm assuming then you played summer ball last year in some kind of a league? Yeah, yeah. The I played
0: in the TCL, the Texas Collegiate League. Well, it's obviously nice then that you have some kind of collegiate experience coming yeah. in. You'll know kind of what to expect a little bit. And did you play full season then last year?
1: Um. So... In the summer, at least. Yeah, I played... So I went down there for a week and then left for a week and then went back. So I think I missed one or two weeks, but other than that, I played most of it.
0: And so if you had to compare yourself now to an MLB player, you know, across the whole league, is there one player that you're kind of like, "Eh, I kind of play like that guy. Maybe I have a similar stance or, you know, in the field, my glove work is kind of like blank.
1: Hmm.
0: No, I don't,
1: I haven't really ever done that. Uh, you play, like, have, you
0: play like Amber and Wojtek.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have said I kind of have a swing. I don't. I I'm not sure. Maybe Christian Yelich a little bit, but I, I, in the field, I no, I'm not sure. That's a really good question. And then my
0: next question. Then I mean, hopefully I'll stump you again. I talked to Mike Bovey a little bit about this, and when did you find out that you bat lefty and throw righty? I'm always
1: interested in these. <laughs>
0: Yeah, switch performance yeah.
1: players. Like, when did you find this out? How did you figure it out? So, uh, I can give credit to my pops on this one. He uh, Same with Bovi. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd walk up there and I'd be like, uh, go up there. I think I started going up there right-handed and he would always just flip me around and say, no, nope, you're hitting from that side. But I have a little brother that does the same thing. So, I think he kind of instilled it in us.
0: Was <laughs> <laughs> he lefty?
1: Uh No, he was right-handed, right-handed, and <laughs> he would hit right-handed, so he, I think it just started with us. So, you're also from Enid in Oklahoma,
0: was that uh, the biggest thing that kind of went into going to Northern Oklahoma, Enid?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh we got to Enid in 20, man, I keep saying that wrong every single time. No, you're okay, no, you're okay, uh we got to, I mean, I was there when I was 13, so, I mean, I was around that program. Actually, the high school plays at the same field as the college does, and it's a a beautiful place. It's a beautiful uh, park called David Allen. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of had always seen them play there, and I had a lot of JUCO offers out of high school, but uh, I just didn't see a better place than the one that was right in town.
0: Mm. And you've moved around quite a bit. You talked Mm -hmm. about that. What's your MLB team then?
1: Uh, my uh, my grandpa used to live in Chicago, so I'm a Cubs fan.
0: Okay. I mean, they did beat my Tigers today. Although the, yeah. the, by the time this podcast <laughs> airs, it'll be sometime next week. But, man, they still – I thought the Tigers are finally going to get a sweep, man.
1: Yeah. We've been
0: striving for that all
1: season long. But why the yeah. Cubs and not the Sox then? Uh, I don't know. My grandpa always used to go to Wrigley, and my dad has been a big Cubs fan. And I'm not sure what they picked the Cubs over the White Sox for, but they did.
0: Have you been to Wrigley then?
1: Yeah, yeah, I went. Uh, about three years ago, I went there, and it was it was awesome.
0: Well, not bad. And I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I think you have probably the most interesting name on the team. We've we've got a lot of commonplace names on the team. Mm-hmm. I think. Ambrin might be the, the biggest one, and yeah. I mean, I think the way that my name is spelled, G A C H E R Y, is unique, because I've never met another one. Yeah. Do you know what went into the choice on your name? This is the first time I've asked someone the question on a pod.
1: Yeah, so, uh, interesting, it's actually my mom and my dad's name combined.
0: That's so a first.
1: So it's Amy and Brendan. Brian.
0: Oh, I was going to try and say Brian, but that doesn't
1: make sense yeah. at all. So. Amy and Brendan, Ambrin. Is there a middle name that's got like their last names combined? No, nope, it's just Jet. My dad's a pilot.
0: <laughs> oh so. yeah, we talked about. Okay. So a there's a relation.
1: <laughs> yeah, he likes he likes planes, so.
0: <laughs> and you you mentioned that your dad was in the military. Is that pretty much what he's done his whole life, is fly planes?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's in the Air Force, so he's been he's known he's wanted to fly planes since he was a college kid. So that's why he went to college for and mm-hmm. he's he's still doing it to the day.
0: Well, if he comes up to Duluth, hopefully he'll be a military service member of the game. So from me yeah. to you to share to him, I thank you for his service. That's obviously awesome. Always have to appreciate that.
1: He'll really appreciate that.
0: Well, hopefully we'll be able to see the whole family when he come up. But the one of the questions, and it's kind of a, a weird question that I've asked everybody, if you had to place a minor league team in Enid, Enid, mm-hmm. um, I'll get it right this time. Yeah. You had a minor league team there. And you get to yep. name anything. It could be as unique as you want it to be. Oh. Um, the, the examples I've given people are the El Paso Chihuahuas. I mean, I'm sure you know that team. Yeah. Um, the Trash Pandas down in Texas. Uh-huh. I believe they're in Texas. What team name are you giving them?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> there's a lot of windmills around here, man. So I'm going to. I would go with the Ena windmills. Okay. That's actually that's a good one. Or that's turbines unique. or something like that. There's a lot of them around here.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like the wind turbines. I think that's a good yeah. name. I can see a logo in my head now yeah. of like, hear me out now. The turbines have bats as like the fans. Oh, and yeah. There's just like a ball off of one. How about that? Oh, oh, we might got draw something out.
1: going. We got something going.
0: <laughs> I know Zach Stanser who, I mean, I've talked about him in every single one now because he cracked me up. Because he said the Modesto Frappuccinos. He's a coffee <laughs> addict, so he said the Frappuccinos. <laughs> that's but hilarious. If the, that's Modesto, hilarious. <laughs> if the Modesto Fraps and the the Enid wind turbines faced off, I, that's a series that I'd pay
1: a lot of money oh, yeah. to watch. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. That would be really <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> and now the last question I'll ask you, Bren is you have one team in the Northwoods League to beat. Who is it? uh ask everyone this question i just got an interesting one i got the first kalamazoo growler answer so there's one team the thunder bay border cats that everyone kind of said but it's kind of fallen off since the team's no longer
1: yeah i mean i wish i knew kind of the what went on in that league the kind of the rivalries or something but
0: would have been thunder bay
1: but thunder bay but they're not playing anymore i got you so i'm just gonna pick a team off of here then
0: I'm looking at you it. You got to right go now. to the website. You got to pick up them on the schedule right now.
1: We're, uh let's go with uh the, who's the Waterloo. That's our first game, the Waterloo yep. Bucks. Yeah, well I'm going to go with the first game.
0: So, I'm assuming you let's say you bat lead off. You want to beat the Bucks and just hit a dinger on the first at that then.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll give it a shot, but
0: uh, <laughs> well how about we, it? A, Thank you, Amber, for coming on, man. Uh, it's been really good talking to you. And, I mean, that's that's got to be the most interesting first-name story I think I've ever heard. Of. I've never heard that before. But, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun.
0: Amber is a really interesting prospect coming up here for the Huskies. Batting in the mid-400s, And it seems like he's the best player on that Enid team. And him and I had a conversation before that podcast even started. And I still couldn't figure out how to say the name because it looks like a need due to the fact that it's E-N-I-D. But that's a broadcaster issue on my part. But Ambrin Wojtek was a really good guest on our show. And he should be here on opening day. We should be able to see Ambrin play. He'll wear number zero. So it'll be interesting for him because I don't know if the Huskies have ever had a number zero on their team before, but that transitions us into the oldest player on the team, the veteran, and that's Cooper Trinkle. The talk that I had with Cooper was great. He brings in the fact that he knows he's the oldest guy and he didn't know the exact day amount, which isn't a problem at all, obviously, but it's a super funny episode where we talk about how old he is compared to the next oldest guy and him leading the way for the rest of the crew here in Duluth and it's a, a good talk. I'm glad that you guys are able to hear this. So let's get into it with Cooper Trinkle. Cooper Trinkle is my guest now. And Cooper, how are you doing, man? Good man. How are you? I'm all right. And your season just ended over there at St. Leo's and how'd it go over there?
2: Um we had a you know we had a decent season. Our team uh I think we finished we finished middle of the conference we could have been better. Um, we dealt with some some injuries, some some quarantine stuff. Like I was, I was personally quarantined three times. So, yeah, we had, we had some stuff that didn't necessarily go our way. However, we did have some uh, weekends where we really showed that we could be a really strong team, and we beat some uh, some teams that were ranked pretty high nationally. Um, so we showed that we could we could be a we could be a good team and we got a lot of the guys coming back next year too. So that's exciting.
0: You mentioned that quarantine and I understand that you also test that you tested positive. I also tested positive back in November, but unfortunately for you, it was during the season. Mm-hmm. So When you were battling back from COVID, you said it took a little while for you to kind of get back. What were some of the main things that kind of stopped you from getting to play full speed for a while?
2: Um, Honestly, it was just, uh, it was one of those things where, I was doing really well going into my quarantine and I'd already been quarantined one time previously during the season. Um, So whenever I tested positive and I was coming back, I was trying to kind of do the same thing I did when I came back from my previous quarantine because I did well. But the second time I came out, I struggled. And I would say it was just, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was, I had so much time off that I was thinking about all the things that I did well. And so when I came back, I started kind of overthinking, trying to do too much. <clears throat> and I just struggled for a couple of weeks. But then lo- the last three weeks, I swung it pretty well.
0: And you're you're from Columbus, but mm-hmm. the better one, because I hate Columbus, Ohio.
2: Absolutely. You're from
0: Columbus, Indiana. And you've also jumped around places quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the, the time now to just talk about your journey. Um, You can start in high school and then all the way to where you are now because, I mean, I'm sure they want to hear about every single stop that you've made.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in high school I was uh, – I committed – or I signed to the University of Evansville my senior year. I didn't get – I had a little bit of recruiting interest in high school. I had a few small D1s that offered me. Went to Evansville my freshman year. Didn't really like it. Just decided it wasn't for me. Decided to go to junior college. Went to Johnny Logan. Um, and I had probably the best year I've had in college. It was an absolute blast. I loved it there. We were a top ten national JUCO team in the country. Um, I hit three seventy that year, was all conference, all district. I did you know, I had a really good year. I loved that place. Um then signed to Indiana University and went to IU. And then last year in the COVID season, I was kind of battling for a uh, for a starting job, ended up winning the job hit, I think two eighty or so throughout before the season got banged. Um, and I came back in the fall and they had brought in some guys. I decided, you know, I wanted to, I didn't know how much I was going to get to play this next coming season. So I transferred. So then that's when I decided to, uh, make the move to St. Leo and transfer down there. So one more year left at St. Leo. So I'm excited to go back and, um, you know, be able to finish, finish my career somewhere where, you know, it's not my first, first, um, first year, you know, I kind of have some experience Mm -hmm. in the program and I can kind of help guide the culture in different ways. So that'll be nice for, especially for my last year.
0: And I will say I was a bit disappointed. I called the Michigan Indiana series this past weekend and I completely forgot that you had transferred. I was like, Oh, Cooper Trinkle's playing in the series. And then I figured out oh yeah no he went down to St Leo but
2: yeah yeah <laughs> Talking yeah. about
0: going south man you you're in Indiana for a couple of years and then what's with St Leo in Florida what was so big about St Leo that you had to commit there
2: Well you know when I decided to leave IU <laughs> I knew I was going to have to go to the division 2 just because I wouldn't you can't transfer D1 to D1 at the <laughs> semester and get eligibility um, so I knew I wanted to go to D2 and the uh, Sunshine State Conference, which is a conference that St. Leo's in, is predominantly the best D2 conference in the country. And, you know, people tell me that it was basically a, you know, a, a mid major D1 to a good D1 conference. So I knew that, you know, I w- if I was going to go D2, I still wanted to be able to play in the most competitively possible. So uh, I knew I wanted to go to one of those schools. I had a buddy um, who was at IU the year before me who had transferred down there, who liked it. Um, played with a guy in the summer who played actually at um, – played for Rockford in the Northwoods. And uh, I knew he was there, knew he was a really good player. So, I, you know, the mix of going down there to play in such a competitive Division Two league where, I'm, you know, I'm basically facing – Uh, a Division One level competition, and already knowing a couple of the guys there. And um, actually, the head coach at St. Leo was the head coach at St. Joe's, which is a D2 in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was getting recruited, he he actually offered me in high school, and I turned him down, but (laughs) he's the head coach at St. Leo now.
0: Oh, he finally got you a couple years later. Yeah, what was it,
2: five years later?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was going to be the next thing that we're going to talk about. And, I mean, I'm not here to make you feel bad, man, but you are the old man on the team. You're
2: 444
0: days older than the next oldest guy. And, I mean, coming with that is a veteran presence, though. I mean, you're going to be the oldest guy on the team. And that also brings a leadership role to the program. And is that something that you see yourself kind of indulging in here in the summer?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, like, I look back at my college career. um, And, you know, I was influenced by so many different older guys that, you know, especially, like, I can think of, you know, multiple different guys at at all my different stops, and even in the summer, um, you know, playing with the guys that have been in college for four or five years, and they know their way around things, and, you know, as a young guy, I remember watching them, watch how they do things, Um, and, yeah, like, I want to be that guy for, because I know we got a lot of young guys on our team this year from big, or from uh, some good programs, so, yeah, I want to be the guy that can kind of, when everybody's freaking out, be like, "All right, guys, relax. Like, we'll be fine." Or, uh, you know, there, will be be—I'm sure there'll be a lot of guys on our team that have never been away from their ho- or away from their hometown for a whole summer, lived with mm-hmm. a family, um, you know, or even like, understood what it's like to play through, play in the Northwoods, play every day, and so hopefully, I can be that guy that kind of the younger guys can lean on cuz uh you know like I said I played four years of college baseball and uh you know I I played in the Northwoods as well in 2019 so kind of as well as other summer leagues so yeah I mean I've I've been around a lot of different baseball at a lot of different levels over the past couple of years so hopefully that with that brings a lot of uh wisdom I can help pass on to the younger guys and that was
0: another thing I was gonna bring up is the fact that you did play in the Northwoods League prior I believe you were with Battle Creek the bombers yep so you have played up in Michigan so you automatically became one of my favorites on <laughs> so <laughs> what what was it about the Northwoods League that made you want to come back and if you could talk about your recruiting to Duluth a little bit
2: um my recruiting to Duluth actually I just uh Marcus or the head coach had he hadn't Known about me for a few years. I actually it was funny that 2019 summer. I almost came to Duluth with the old head coach uh, Stu Peterson. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to Battle Creek instead, but I Duluth had always been one of the places I'd want to go, just because I knew the I knew it was one of the better organizations in the woods. Um, but you know, in Battle Creek, it was I I loved how you play every single day. It's kinda you kinda feel like a minor leaguer. You're the yeah. road you're on the you're on the road for six, seven days, different cities. You're with, you know, the guys on the bus for hours on end and it's long sometimes, but like, you know, those are some moments your, your memories you'll never forget playing mafia on the bus in the summer, stuff like that, hanging out in the hotels. Um, and then I mean, the Northwoods atmosphere with fans is I mean, you can't beat it in college baseball. I remember playing at Madison on Friday night and there were 10,000 fans. And like, I mean, I think the only time that we played on, we played at LSU on opening night, my junior year at IU. Other than that, I don't think I've played in front of a bigger college crowd than Mm -hmm. I did in the Northwoods. So that's, I mean, playing in front of 10,000 fans is
0: something in itself, especially in a league that, I mean, it's literally for college kids. It's amazing pretty much just a second collegiate season for you and now you come up here you have multiple Northwoods Leagues experiences well at least that one season and you were in the other conference mm-hmm. and so do you think there will be any kind of difference in competition I guess this is a unique question between the Plains division and the Great Lakes division
2: no but what I think the big difference is will be for me is over when I was in Battle Creek our bus trips were very short Mm-hmm comparison like in battle creek our division we had rockford which was two hours we had kalamazoo which was 20 minutes we had kokomo which was a couple hours um kenosha was like three but on on our side in duluth like i think our first trip is to bismarck and it's like eight hours yeah (laughs) so I know our side has sleeper buses. I've heard so, especially since I'm the older guy. I'm going to go ahead and, and get one of those reserved for me. <laughs> go ahead and establish that early. That's the one seniority card I will pull. I'll take the sleeper. <laughs> so you're saying you're going to pull that? I'm the
0: oldest guy. I'll maybe the captain on the team. You guys get to sit in the back, and I'll sleep in the sleeper.
2: The sleeper seat. <laughs> yeah, I might have to, especially for the Bismarck trip. I mean, eight hours is a long time. And no. now. Absolutely right. I like my mafia on the bus, so I'll definitely be indulging in mafia. It's a bus game, but <laughs> I'll need some. I'll need some some sleep as well. You
0: kind of play all over the infield, you know, with the exception of being a pitcher and a catcher. Um, the Northwoods League, uh, like preseason roster, kind of has you at second base, short, and third base. Is there a preferred position that you have, or is it pretty much wherever the coach puts you? You're happy with?
2: Um, I mean, I. Personally, I like playing up the middle a little more. I like playing short and second. I have more experience there. A lot of my game is, is based around speed. So I like to be able to, I can cover a lot of ground up the middle. And mm-hmm. at third, I can't necessarily use my speed as much just because the balls come a lot quicker. Um, I can't cover, you can't cover as much ground with being closer to the plate. Um, but I, I like playing in the middle a little more. I, I, I've, I grew up playing short played a lot of short and second in high school and played mainly short and second until um, I played a little bit of third in junior college. But then I played a lot of third this year as well. So I can play all three, but I prefer to play up the middle. And what would you say,
0: number one, is your best facet that you bring to a ball club? And then number two, what's the number one thing that you're looking forward to working on here in the summer?
2: Um, I'd say the biggest, the number one thing I bring is my speed and athleticism. Um, you know, I, I'm a six, five runner in the 60 and I like to be aggressive on the bases and I like to use my speed to be able to cover ground, um, in the field it, this summer, if I could improve on, if I'd get the ball kind of, if I could not necessarily hit for more power, but be able to get the ball in the air, hit more line drives in the gaps to use my speed on the bases. I get in trouble when I'll try to shorten up too much and try to, you know, just try to beat stuff out. But this Mm -hmm. work on being able to get the ball um, into the gaps and do some damage. And, you know, I think that's when I'm, I'm my best as a player is when I can use my speed in all assets of the game. And if we had a one through nine lineup in front of us and you got to
0: pick your preferred spot in the lineup, just so that fans can kind of get an understanding of where you may hit, where's your top spot?
2: I would probably say leadoff or two hole. Okay. Is there any reason? I would I like hitting leadoff just because I like I like uh kind of having in the leadoff spot when you get on base a lot of times you're you don't have a lot of guys in front of you. And mm-hmm. not even just to start the game, but later in the game as well. Um, you got you have more chances to run. And then I also like leadoff because obviously you get more more at-bats as the game goes. And I feel like I get on base a lot, so I can kind of apply pressure that way. But then mm-hmm. two holes is cool, too, because it's basically the same thing. You just get to see kind of the pitcher for an at-bat in front of you. Sure. But I, I, like, I like hitting at the top of the lineup. I like setting the table. Um, you know, I'll, I'll hit for some power, but I do my best when I'm on base and creating havoc that way and scoring runs. So when you're in that right-handed
0: batter's box then, and I mean, this could be an obvious answer for you, but I'm going to ask, what's that one pitch that you just love to hit? And I'm actually going to have you exclude a fastball because a lot of guys would probably just pick a fastball. But you know, any kind of breaking pitch or change, what's that number one pitch that you are like, you're always seems to be on it?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, definitely a fastball. My, my biggest thing is if I'm on a fastball, I can hit anything. Um, but I would say my favorite pitch to hit other than that would be a left-handed, uh, hung breaking ball. So left-handed curve ball that kind of stays up that I can stay on because all you got to do is hit it at that point. It just goes. Yeah. And especially as a
0: righty, it kind of just hooks right into the strike zone.
2: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: If it hangs a little bit, obviously it's going to be out of the strike zone. But, you know, anything like upper half of the zone or even not in the zone is a pretty pitch for you.
2: Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't even say up. I would just say the, the breaking ball that kind of that kind of just starts starts at the uh, top of the zone and ends up coming down right towards the middle to bottom of the zone. I mean, as a right-handed hitter, you just got to drop the barrel to it and it goes. Mm-hmm. And you're from Indiana, so there's a,
0: a lot of teams kind of around the surrounding areas that you can pick. What's your MLB
2: team? Uh, You know, honestly, I don't have one. I like a lot really? of – I'm a huge baseball fan, but I really don't have a baseball team that I like because I like a lot of players. Like, if I'm watching baseball, I'll flip through a lot to watch different guys hit. Like, I like – or, like, watch different guys do different things. Like, if I see a game's on with – two really good teams, I would much rather watch that than have a predetermined team and watch them all the time.
0: So I guess I have two questions then for you um, stemming off of that. Who is that one guy that you're flipping on the channel at all times? And right now, since it's still early season, who's been in the World Series?
2: (sighs) Okay, so the guy that I would always watch. It could be present or past. It doesn't really matter. I'm trying to think. First of all, okay, I'll say this. Who's going to win the World Series? I think the Dodgers. I don't care if they struggled a little bit here at the beginning of the year. They're so talented. I can't see them not. Yeah, the pitching staff's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And then hitting-wise, I would say – I'll say three guys that I would always stop to watch. Mookie Betts, Bo Bichette, and Fernando Tatis.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: If you, if you those, like if you had to buy one jersey, whose would it be? Ooh, if I had to buy one jersey, you know it's actually funny. I I've never been a big jersey guy, and then I loved Alex Bregman until I found out about the whole cheating thing. Then I haven't been a, as much of a fan just because I don't I don't know, yeah, all that. But I bought an Alex Bregman jersey like a month before all that came out. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I will say my my favorite player of all time is Dustin.
0: Okay. That's a good
2: pick. That's a good he, pick. I have, I have a few Pedroia jerseys, but yeah, he, he's, he's my all time favorite. Those is that because he's an up the middle guy? Yeah. And, and, you know, I've always kind of modeled my game after him. He plays really, really hard. He's a right-handed, you know, he's, I'm, I'm not as, I'm not very big. He's not very big. Um, but, you know, he's always a, every time he comes he's to the play good. as a, he has, he's a tough out, you know, he plays really, really hard. Um, and those were, I, I remember watching him growing up and I always just, every time I saw him play, I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to play like, like he plays. So if you said
0: Cooper Trinkle has, you know, a, a doppelganger in the league, well, the, the way that they play, you know, not that someone looks like you, but mm-hmm. is it Pedroia or is it someone else?
2: I would say, yeah, it's, it's more pedroya. I would like to think I'm a – I am a little more ath- – I wouldn't say it. <laughs> you can go ahead and say it. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I played the game a little more athletically. Okay. But obviously, I can't do some of the things that he can do from a baseball perspective. Like some of the defensive plays he made were, I mean, absolutely insane. And obviously, he's a, You know, he was a MVP caliber hitter. Um, but I, I, you know, if I could, I would say that if I could, if I could swing it, like he could, um, on a consistent basis, then yeah, that would be a very similar comp.
0: Mm, okay. And now outside of baseball, what are some things that you like to do?
2: Uh, I really enjoy lifting weights. Um, I enjoy fishing. Um, you know, my family, my family is a is very into hunting i don't hunt as much but i could see it um later on down, lo- down the road I like being outdoors i like yeah. sporting. um you know that's that's uh, hanging out with family that's about it and if
0: you had to give let, let's see if you've done any kind of studying on the area of duluth and you're the first guy i've done this with name three things about Duluth it could be interesting facts we'll
2: we'll test you to see if you know anything um well first thing i'm gonna say is the trading company <laughs> there you go that's one i right, the second thing i'll say is i'm pretty sure there's some good fishing up around that area i have
0: heard there's some good fishing
2: and then um, the third ah i'm trying to think isn't it isn't it very close to uh, – isn't it right on the border? Yeah. Um,
0: the interns, at least, are all living in Wisconsin and then driving over to Minnesota in the mornings for, for games.
2: Okay, yeah. I, there I, you go.
0: There's three. I know
2: a little bit about it. I actually uh, – my family had a place in northwest Ontario where we would go fishing when we were young, when me and my brothers were young. And we would always stop in Duluth and um, kind of in the – middle of the trip and stay. So I know I've been in the area. It's been 10 years, but what I'm hearing is that you cheated. What do you mean?
0: (laughs) You knew the answers already. No, I mean, I I couldn't have I wouldn't have said those three answers. I don't,
2: I don't even know honestly what I would have said. Uh, I'll just, uh, I'll say it's just old man wisdom.
0: (laughs) There you go. And uh, if, if you had a minor league team, if you owned one or a collegiate summer league team Uh and this has been the fun game I've liked to play with everyone recently on the pod is what team name would you give your minor league or collegiate summer league team? Because you know, there's some weird names out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um Here, Let's give me your location. It could be anywhere in, I mean, in the U S and then give me your team name. All right, we'll go,
2: we'll stick in the Northwoods um, just because, just for the sake of the podcast. I'm okay, just City. Um what is Oh man I'm trying to think of a city that doesn't have one in that area. Uh, uh there's
0: Flint in yeah, Michigan. I guess that's right around where I'm from.
2: Yeah. Cuz uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I would probably do some some kind of city And since I'm a junior, since I'm a Juco kid, we're going to be the Bandits. And I think that would fit the Northwoods perfectly, especially around July 10th when uh, (laughs) everybody is just gassed. And if you got a team of Bandits, I mean, you can't be gassed. You got to keep going at that point. So, I mean, they would probably win the regular season title strictly on the name. Fair. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I don't know, we need to, I think it'd be good if we could find a city with, a, that began with the letter B. Um, I don't know the area well enough to be able to find. think of a letter with, or a city with a letter B. I know, I know around
0: here, I believe in the high
2: single A division around
0: here, there's a team called the Quad City River Bandits that's in, I think, Wisconsin. That's pretty good. I like that one. There you go. I mean, it's the River Bandits, so it's a little bit different. But it,
2: I'm, to be honest, I'm blanking too on a, um, on a B-letter city. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I couldn't think of one either. But yeah, probably something like that. I mean, it could be Bloomington. I guess that's kind of in the area. Yeah,
0: Bloomington, Illinois. There you go. Yeah, Bloomington, Illinois.
2: There you go. You stretch the the other division down a little more. Mm-hmm. Bloomington, Illinois Bandits. There we go. There we go. That's your final answer. And then, uh, what's your walk-up song? You know,
0: you get a chance to come up, uh, well, lead off. So you got to come out with something good.
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm doing for the summer yet. I did buy the world by uh, Michael made it this year. Um, that was a pretty good one. I liked. I've done can't tell me nothing by Kanye West before. I think someone else said that
0: a couple of pods ago.
2: Really? Yeah, I did that. I've done that one a couple years. I'm trying to think what other. I don't know. I've always done rap. I thought about maybe doing a country song this summer, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Now, I will tell you,
0: Michigan's closer, his name's Willie Weiss. He has probably the funniest walk-up song, and it's, I I don't know if it's too appropriate, but it's Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, and I don't know if that's going to be appropriate enough to walk up with, but. That's a lot hilarious. of people don't necessarily know the message of the song.
2: That's actually hilarious because my brother's a freshman at John A. Logan, which is the same junior college I went to, and that was his walk-up this year.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's a good one for sure. I mean, I, I heard it when I was in the booth the other day, and I was like, oh, no. But uh, you get one team in the Northwoods League, Cooper, to beat. Who is it?
2: Trying to think if there was any teams I didn't like that were in the on the other side. Um, I would say, I would say, I don't know this side well. So, mm-hmm. I, what the teams or what the or we're the plains, all right? We, we are the plains. Yep. I don't know that. I would say, but in the Great Lakes, the year I was in Battle Creek, Traverse City like set the league record and wins. So, I would say Traverse City or Madison, because Madison always just killed us. Okay. Now, I know Madison's
0: always a really good team, and I also know the PittsBitters are a great team as well. I I think you're the second one that said the PittsBitters, but good answer, though. I mean, the only time that we'd be able to see them is in the championship game, but maybe there's a little bit of beef now between the Huskies and the PittsBitters just because of your answer. There we go. Perfect. I love starting some beef. (laughs) Well, thank you, Cooper, for joining me, man. It was a good talk with you and certainly looking forward to having you up there. Um, Enjoy these last two weeks before we go up and hopefully we'll get some wins here in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Had a great talk with both Ambrin and Cooper. And with that being said, today's episode is going to be released, well, in about two minutes after I finish this recording. But it's a really great time talking to these athletes and figuring out not only who they are as baseball players, but who they are as human beings as well. A lot of the time, people come to the ballpark and will complain about the players not doing well enough, and it will get to them. Considering the fact that they're all 18 to 23 years old, or almost the case of Cooper, almost 24 years old, but they're still kids, pretty much young adults, and Cooper and Amber especially how fast they're growing up in their family lives. It's super important to them that they stay consistent in what they're doing to have a getaway from maybe some of the family life that may be stressing them out at the time. So remember if you guys come to the games and some players are struggling a little bit, that these are still college kids. They're not pros quite yet, but if we're winning, we're winning. And that's at the end of the day, what's going to matter besides the fact that they're just kids. So, Thank you guys so much for listening into the player interview episodes. A couple of quick updates. It's almost game time. It's Wednesday, and next Monday, we're opening the gates at the Wade for the first time. So, anyone listening to this episode, make sure you get your tickets ahead of time for the game at the Wade, at least through the month of June and May 31st, since there's one game in May. Make sure you get your tickets ahead of time. Only 900 people are going to be allowed at the Wade. And if you show up and there's a thousand people here, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to come see the ball game. So just buy your tickets ahead of time. They'll go straight to your email. You can scan them at the door. If you want them printed, our lovely interns here will print them for you. If you haven't taken a look yet, another update, go to the Huskies Twitter page. just where I first saw it. I'm sure it's posted on other forms of social media as well, but the Huskies have a new look. They have new uniforms, and I'll tell you what, we got to see them in person, and they are clean. They are sleek, simple, and they look great, and our interns also donned them pretty well. So shout out to those interns who tried them on, but the stadium's beautiful, it's cleaning day here, and they have the broadcasters cleaning, it's not just the game day op interns and the concession interns, it's everyone, but the way it'll be nice, shiny, new, Go get your tickets, guys. It's going to be one heck of a season. And as I leave you guys always, the next episode is going to be probably a quick review of what we went over with the player interviews. And then it'll be a quick look into the rest of the roster here for the season. I won't be able to tell you exactly who the cuts will end up being for temp contracts and such. But we'll give you a quick rundown of who's going to be on the team. Not sure exactly what times again, but. It'll be a fun, short episode where we'll go over each player very quickly, and then it'll be time for the season, and hopefully mid-time next week-ish when the Huskies are probably in Bismarck for their road series against the Larks. We'll have an episode with Coach Pointer, and it'll be that once-a-week episode where we review what's happened, who's looking good, who may be struggling a little bit, but we're going to mostly obviously try and keep it positive, Have a short interview with Coach Pointer, five to ten minutes. Talk about that week, and then that will be the episode. So signing off from Zach Linfield, leave you guys with roll skis, and see you guys on Monday.